Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, we're adding a naive angel mode, which means pants are optional. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with you. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined, as I am always joined by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. We've got a good show for you today. We're going to be talking about the news from the week, including a release date for Bayonetta 3. And then on Thursday, we're casting famous foursomes with Nintendo characters. But Mark, in the meantime, let me tell you about something that happened to me. Yeah, please. Um, this computer, this computer that we are recording on right now, uh-huh. I dropped it today when oh, no. I was loading it into my car, into my trunk. Because uh, if it's in the trunk, then I feel like it can't be stolen. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and uh, it, I was carrying it in this in this uh, laptop bag that I always carry it in, uh, and it wasn't zipped up, and it fell right out. Oh my gosh! And would have fallen directly onto the street if it were not for me just like kicking my foot out to like <laughs> catch it with my foot. <laughs> um, and then it uh, falls to the street. Uh, but it appears to be fine. Wow. I mean, we'll know later if this episode sounds terrible. You know, I looking at the laptop, looking at the laptop yeah. case, looking at you. Yeah, I never would have guessed. Well, this was hours and hours <laughs> ago. So, if anything happened to me psychologically, physically, like I have healed. Oh uh-huh. hi! In the meantime, it did hurt my foot a little bit. <laughs> I haven't examined the foot, but yeah, the computer uh, appears to be fine. Do Do you ever have those moments where like something like that happens, and you're like, oh no, this is either nothing or I I just spent. $1,200 for no reason. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, I feel like the worst is when water gets on something that yes. you don't want water to get on because yes. then sometimes it's a waiting game. Gremlins. You don't, right, exactly. You don't know if immediately this is a problem. Right. You have to wait a little bit. Yes. You go to sleep, you know. Right. And then in the morning, it's moldy. Uh-huh. Or there are more of them. Yep. As is as, as the case with gremlins. Um. My copy of Sonic Forces for, <laughs> for the Nintendo Switch. Would you like to borrow it? Mark, I have exciting news here. It came back. One of the games came back. I will not tell you which one. <laughs> no, of course, we don't want to reveal that information. That's right. Because then whoever is getting this game next right. will know what they're getting. It has been a long, hard winter. Long, cold, lonely winter. Mm-hmm. Uh, where the games have been out uh, in the wild. Um, also, I'm using winter metaphorically. Don't check to see if you were actually accidentally listening to an older episode. it depends on what hemisphere you're in. That's a, what a great point, Mark. Thank you for checking me on my northern hemisphere uh, privilege. Um, would you like to borrow my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch? You can get on a list in order to do so. Someone's going to get it soon. Oh, or uh, another game. I'm not giving anything away here. <laughs> All you got to do is email us at Nintendo Cartridge Society at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. And give us a mailing address so we can send you my copy of Sonic Forces or a copy of Untitled Goose Game in a Sonic Forces box that you play uh, for as long as you want. You send it back. I pay for postage both ways. It is the perfect borrowing program, and I'm excited that it will be uh, like active again now, uh, at least one time uh, this week. It, it's always a little uh, touch and go when it's out there yep. for a long time. Yes. We always believe that it's going to be returned. Yes. Um, here, as an example of how perfect a program it is, uh, I know 
I know no details about the program. It's basically entirely Patrick run. And yet I have faith that, um, the... no, don't, don't slough off responsibility here. <laughs> You're making the active choice so that it's only me who <laughs> administers the program. Well, if the program fails, and it won't. It won't. It wouldn't. Yeah. But if it did, you would be just as culpable as I. <laughs> well, I don't know about just that. Just as culpable. We'll see what the courts say. <laughs> Look, it is a perfect borrowing program, so I'm not worried. It'll never come down to the courts, Mark. That's right. That's right. Uh, here's another thing you can do. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere that you get your podcast. Patrick and I love this for two reasons. I guess maybe three reasons. One, we love it because we love any interaction with listeners, and we love reading your reviews and the things you have to say about it, about the show, or topics that you suggest, or corrections that you make. All good uses of right the uh, review. That was sort of three reasons inside one reason. Hey, it's it's a nesting reason because here's yes. the second reason. Yeah, second reason. It helps people find the show. Mm-hmm. And we the, think we think we think it helps people believe. find the show. Yes. And the third reason is one that I forgot. Oh no, no, I do remember what the third reason is. We love shouting out people who leave us five star reviews. And if you leave us a five star review on the U.S. Apple Podcast Store, we can see it. We check there. And we will give you a shout out on the show. If you leave us a review anywhere else, um, we have a harder time seeing it. Like on Spotify, there's no association with a username or anything like that. But we, we still want to give you a review, a shout out. So hit us up on Twitter. Send us an email. Let us know uh, so we can thank you on the show. Uh, also, you should be in our Discord. Uh, so email us or send us a, a message on on Twitter. We'll send you an invite to the Discord. Uh, it's just a bunch of people talking about Nintendo stuff. It's a good fun time. Uh, Mark and I are both in there. A bunch of fun uh, listeners, previous guests on the show uh, are all in there. So like, get in. It is a fun time. Uh, two other like things going on here, Mark. Two two more things. First of all, if you are listening to this on Tuesday, um, you should. Uh, Put a little note in your calendar for 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, so 7 p.m. Tuesday. Um, Pacific time. Pacific time. Thank you. Um, we are going to be on the... Summer uh, in the Northern Hemisphere. <laughs> thank you. Uh, and winter in the Southern Hemisphere. Um, we are going to be on the Super NPC uh, live stream um, that uh, we are going to be drafting... Um, uh, I think we each get to draft five NES games. Uh, it's going to be a super good time. Mark and I are going to have the best libraries in the bunch. Um, I, I make that a, a promise to you here um, that this will we'll be joining Connor McCabe, uh, Jeremy Schmidt, and two other people we don't know who, who they are. Um, so we're, I'm very excited for this. Mark, are you very excited? I for am this? super excited for this. Uh, you can catch it. It'll be streamed live on Twitch on Connor's Twitch channel, which is... Cons is cool, 69. Yep, of course. Of course, everyone should know that. Have a bookmark by now. Um, and uh, yeah, and then that'll go out as a as a podcast after that. Um, so be sure to check us out there. Also, Mark, we're doing, we're preparing for currently um, a ranking of all the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe tracks. Um, we think we're going to get to this by like mid-August, uh, but get in your emails, get in your picks now. Let us know. What are some of the best tracks? What are some of the worst tracks? What are some tracks that you have an emotional attachment to? Because Patrick and I can be easily swayed. We mm-hmm. might have one thought in our mind, but a good reasoned argument yes. could really change things up. And we are starting with just the uh, the original tracks, nothing from the booster course. Yes. Uh, yeah. So the, we'll, those will be added later. But so uh, send us an email. Uh, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know on um, the Discord. 
and we will incorporate that feedback into the episode itself. Mark, are you ready to get into what we've been playing this week? Yeah, let's do it. Mark, we've got a little like cross-pollination back to the previous week now uh, because I have played a Lekhead, and now we are free to talk about our experiences with a Lekhead. Oh, great. I'm so excited because I, I really enjoyed this game. Uh, Patrick, how, how, how did you like it? What I, were your thoughts on yeah, it? Yeah, I, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, it is very short, um, but and I didn't go back to get everything. Um, but I found that uh, when I was in a room where I couldn't immediately intuit the solution of the puzzle, I was like, this is stupid. I hate it. <laughs> and then like 30 seconds later, I was like, okay, I get it. All right, this is pretty fun. Um, but I, I kept having that virtuous cycle mm-hmm. over and over again. Um, and uh, should we – can we – is it a – a spoiler here to talk about how the game ends? Well, I uh, sure. So, but so spoiler alert for the end of a luckhead. Right. Um, so you spend the whole game like uh, going up in levels. Like if you start at like area one, two, three, four, five, six, and there's no, there's virtually no text in the game. Right. Um, so like as you're in the sixth area, you know you're at the end of the game, um, and uh, you reach a, a final room where like you jump on the platform to like trigger the the screen behind it and it just reveals a little turd to you which the game does from time to time mm-hmm. which is like man so let's kind of you know that you're like stuck or you need to go back or whatever right. um and it also dumps you into a room maybe i don't have the sequencing on this uh, totally right um but into a room where it shows you like three stills from earlier in the game it is directing you like back into the game so you can find an alternate path out of those areas with your new abilities that you've gotten in the meantime since you were there initially. Um, and that's how you get to like the true end of the game. Or I don't know if it's there. Are there multiple endings? There's two endings okay. to it. Um, uh, and so you can like follow the, those path, that path, those paths back um, and unlock like two final endings uh, for the game. Well, so there's, well, I guess what ending, I'm assuming the ending you got is where... I blew up the earth. Okay, the earth you blew, blew up, up the yeah, earth. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And Spoiler. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, because the kind of, like, premise of a Lackhead is you're this little electronic dude. You're a and, little battery man. And, like, yeah. the uh, power has gone out on the earth. Yeah. And you're kind of, like, turning on all these switches and everything. Okay, so... And there's, like, a kind of cool, like, it's a gameplay thing that happens where, like... Uh, as you solve one of the early puzzles, you can see that you're lighting up a city, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. So that's one ending where you blow up the earth. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, the other ending must be like good. And it's not. You just blow yourself mm. up. And so like you blow up like the station that you're on. Sure. And I really liked that because I feel like we're uh, in games. So when I got... I can't remember which ending I got first, but I got like one of the endings and then went back to get the other one. And I had such this expectation that there was like, oh, I must have gotten the bad ending. Right. Because, you know, like I blew up the earth. So there must be a good ending where I like light up the city and everything is fine. But no, that is not the case. Either you blow up or the earth blows up. And so you blowing up is actually the good ending. I guess. What do you mean you guess? You save the planet. From what? There's no power. Hmm. Are you the only? Maybe you're. Are you the only source of power in the universe? I mean, that seems to be the implication, right? Wow. Yeah. I guess so. Anyways, anyway. I liked it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought I thought it was very fun. I, I liked um, that as you go through the game, you collect different 
like color schemes because the game is really like it's almost like Game Boy uh, mm-hmm. esque in its uh, limited col- color palette. That there's like the 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 background color and then like two different colors, um, like high contrast colors, and then just like white gradients of those. Um, and so like you know when something is uh, electrified or not, and that's really it. Other than that, it has like no reason to like give you other color information so it's neat that like you can do like a an orange or like a a purple and green one or just like the straight black and white um it was all very cool to me yeah i i just really liked like the simplicity you do get a few additional moves throughout the game but for the most part it's like you know it's really straight it's really straightforward and so the fun of the puzzle solving is like okay I know my limited tool set. Right. And how do I solve this scenario with the very limited tool set that I have, yeah. knowing that a solution is possible? Yeah. And it's it's funny how frequently it's like, okay, do I just need to do what I think I need to do faster? Or am I an idiot and I should <laughs> right. be doing something else? Exactly. And am I like totally overthinking yep. this or like the solution is super obvious? Do you know uh, a similar thing? I'm playing Portal and for Ooh, the. Yes. I, I do want to talk about Portal, but yeah. I just wanted to like add one thing about. Uh, oh, like yeah, that, yeah. Is that the, the moveset is so like simple that uh, like while I was playing, Sarah sat down on the couch next to me and. It's not to imply that she's bad at games or anything like that. She just wasn't playing it and had no experience with it. And she could offer as much advice as I could holding the controller. So, like, it's a it's a very fun, like, co-op, in quotes, uh, puzzle game experience in that way. Totally. Tell me about Portal. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't really have much to add to the conversation on Portal. You know, it's a game that's been out for, like, 15 years it's and has been, been around, eroded yeah. from the beginning. Uh, but this is my first time experiencing it. I bought it as part of the collection that came to Switch just a couple of weeks ago. And um, I am... I, it's amazing. It's, like, it's yeah. really great. Like, I don't really have anything to say about Portal that hasn't already been said. But it reminded me of, a like, when we were talking about a Luckhead. And, again, it's a very simple move set. And you look at these puzzles and you're like, I don't know how this is possible Right. But um, it. But then you, you know figure that it, it out. is, yeah. yeah. And like some of the solutions are really funny or really surprising. And uh, I've my goal has been to get through it without a guide, and uh, so far successfully. And it's just it, there are times where you have like such a great aha moment where yes. you're like, oh, that's how I resolve this, or I actually didn't realize that the physics worked this way. But when you figure it out, it's um, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, Portal is one of those games. I, I I think using a guide for just about anything is is fair game, um, but for Portal, it's like when you know the solution, that's sort of it. Like the gameplay part of it is over, um, and so yeah, I, for for Portal, I'm always like, yeah, don't like muscle your way through it. Like the frustration is part of it, um, but yeah, I'm I'm glad you are having a good time with it. Uh, let's see. I played more Tetris 99 this weekend. Sarah and I continue to be obsessed with it. Um, on the subject of, I've, I've just been playing puzzle games. What's <laughs> going on here? Um, Pokemon Puzzle League. I was playing on the Nintendo 64, uh, Nintendo Switch Online service with my uh, Nintendo 64 controller, um, which is the, the, of course the only way to play Nintendo 64 games, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, Pokemon Puzzle League is basically paneled upon. Um, but with a uh, a coat of Pokemon paint over it. Um, and it is the most explicitly connected to the Pokemon uh, anime uh, of any game I think I've ever played. Because, um, like, you are playing as Ash. 
um, and like Ash's Pikachu is in the game. It has it's a Nintendo sixty four game, but it's full of voice acting. Oh, uh, which I was not expecting. It's all like the actors from the anime, um, and like he fights the characters from the anime, which I know some of those are also characters from uh, the original uh, Pokemon games. Um, but uh, yeah, the gameplay itself is just paneled upon, which is a uh, sort of it's not a falling block puzzle so much as it is like blocks that come up from the bottom. Uh, and the only thing that you can do is uh, you can switch the position of two adjacent uh, blocks and they have to be left and right to each other. They can't be one on top of the other. And you're just trying to match up three things. Um, and when you uh, do that, they disappear and makes the blocks on top of them fall down. You try to make uh, combos to send damage over to your opponent who is doing the same thing. And you try to fill up their board before they fill up your board. Um, a simple premise. Uh, again, it's basically uh, paneled upon, which is a uh, was a Super Famicom game that we got as part of the Super NES Switch Online. Um, but uh, it's so nice to be able to read all of it because this is all in English and not uh, in in Japanese, like paneled upon uh, is. Uh, and the Pokemon trappings on it are like fun, and it's funny that like when you're battling another trainer. Um, it keeps making the noise of that their Pokemon makes, um, like as it's attacking you. Um, so it's just very funny to hear like those little voice samples over and over again. Uh, I love it. Uh, Puzzle League is great. I wish I had played it back in the nineties. It's uh, amazing. Yeah, that sounds cute. That sounds fun. It's really, really fun. Yeah, you know, I was inspired from last week's episode that we did on ranking the Robot Masters from the first three Mega Man games, and uh, so in that episode I talked about I. I've never really played a lot of Mega Man. I've always found them super challenging and like not all that rewarding to play. And so I've never gone all the way through. But after our discussion, I've and with the release of Mega Man Wily Wars on the Sega Genesis online that includes 16-bit remakes of the first three games, um, I decided to go ahead and jump in and just give like Mega Man 3 a try. You know, it has the rewind feature and like use all that kind of stuff. And I this. used a good, guide. Good. And I had, I, I beat it. Um, oh, and wow. I had, I had a lot of fun. I don't think I want to play another Mega Man game for a while. Yeah. But um, the, uh, it was fun. I had a good time. Uh, that's great. Did it change your opinion of any of the robot bosses? No, it didn't, them? which was funny. Just reinforced the, our, our <laughs> list. Uh, it is kind of amazing how powerful. Let's not give like, away any yeah, of Yeah, oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, but uh, other than we can say hard man, bottom. <laughs> bottom of the list, hard man. But yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Oh, man, did that rewind feature come in handy? I'm sure. Um, like that made it so much more enjoyable to instead of having to restart, like I would hit spikes and just totally. be like, Great. No, I I'm just gonna like yeah. try it again because the jump is a little. It's the jump physics are interesting because it's not like Mario where you jump and push over kind of at the same time to get him to go and you can adjust. It was more like you jump and then you push over. Like they were two separate um, button interactions. Interesting. I, I I don't know if that rings true to me. I, the thing that does ring true to me is that like Mega Man doesn't believe in momentum. Like he can get the same jump from a standstill as from a, like a, a, yeah. a running start, mm -hmm. um, which does feel strange, especially compared to like a, a Mario jump. Um, but yeah, there's also like something where you just got to like learn that jump. I think it, it's just very specific. It also playing this version of the game ruined me a little bit for when uh, the I also played the Klonoa Fantasy Reverie series demo, yes. which is a 
the full version was just released uh, last week, but or two weeks ago. But there's also a demo out. This is a remake of a PlayStation One and PlayStation Two, like two and a half D platformer type thing, which I had never played before. But it kind of heard good things, so I picked it up. But playing the Wily Wars ruined me because you use the start button so much in that. Yeah. To like select. Um, menu options. Oh, sure. And so when I went into Klonoa, I kept hitting like the plus button in yeah. the uh, on the Switch. I kept hitting the plus button to uh, accept, but the plus button kept taking me to the eShop because that's what the plus button does in the Klonoa. And so I was like, why do I keep oh. going to the eShop? Oh, because it's the demo. Exactly. Well, no, because oh. right, exactly. And, you know, in most games nowadays, you just use A to select everything. Right. But uh, in the Mega Man Wily Wars, you don't you use start, and so it was just like well, super but, confusing. So I'm a little bit confused because when, at least in the original Mega Man, uh, it because Wily Wars is Mega Man One, Mega Man Two, Mega Man Three. I played Mega Man One in the Wily Wars and pushing the A button, and again this is me using the Sega Genesis controller, um, pressing the A button brought up the menu. Hmm. Well, so I don't know where the A button is mapped to the, on well, the Pro controller. So, the, do you mean the menu like the the weapon select, like that yeah. sort of thing? That's why. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's why I'm talking Which about is probably A on the Genesis controller. But, but I had to press Y to bring up the menu. But then to actually select an item, I had to press the uh, the plus button, as in start. Weird. So I wonder if you just had to press the start button on the Genesis controller. Yeah, I have no idea. We're not getting to the bottom of this right now. <laughs> no, we're not. But anyways, how's, uh, how's Klonoa? So I there's two different games on is part of this uh, collection, Klonoa one and Klonoa two. I haven't played either of them. Um, the th- in the demo you can play the first two levels of the first Klonoa game and then the first level of the second Klonoa game. And I did not enjoy the first Klonoa game at all. It's mm. it's an the platforming is interesting. So you have this kind of, you're like a cat with big ears that help you hover, but you can, to like double jump, you like grab enemies and then you jump with the enemy. So that's one jump and then you press B and that gives you like a second jump. So it was like an interesting, and you can use the enemies to like throw, it felt a little uh, Yoshi-ish where you can like sure. use the enemies to like throw things that these eggs that break open, like all this kind of stuff. The first game i did not really enjoy that much but this first level of the second game i actually thought was pretty fun i don't know that i'll go back and play it um or that i'll actually end up buying it but i still have it wish listed in case it like drops to like 10 bucks or something do you know what it's uh what the, the price is on it now i don't know off the top of my head maybe 30 bucks okay okay and then finally uh i have to do a little gotta bit come of, clean i have to do a little bit of a debug clean, from last week so Last week, I was like, wow, isn't it cool that now, you know, when there's a free trial for Nintendo Switch Online subscribers, they just down or it just shows up in your on your Switch and says, hey, you know, this is live for seven days or whatever, and you can download it. Because that's what happened with Mario plus Rabbids Kingdom Battle on my Switch. But then it did not happen with the current free trial that's happening in North America for MLB The Show 22. And so I think the reason it showed up or Kingdom Battle showed up on my Switch is because I already owned the game. And I had, see. Like, I see. Down, you know, like, so I didn't have it downloaded, but I owned it. Right. So it knew that you could just activate it right away. They should be, like, putting that icon, even if it's not downloading it. I mean, it shouldn't download without 
Right. But I agree. I think it made sense. And I would have been more aware that MLB The Show 22 was the Nintendo Switch Online trial right now. Um, Which, again, another uh, thing that still seems crazy to me, that MLB The Show 22 is on Switch. Yeah. And now is part of the free game trial. Like, what's going on? Sony developed. Uh, Matt Acevedo, tell us if we should play that or not. (laughs) Um, all right, Mark, uh, Those that's what we've been playing this week. Let's get into the new releases and what we might be playing next week. Thursday, July 21st, River City Saga Three Kingdoms is released on the Switch eShop. Uh, this is hilarious. This is a you know River City uh, style uh, game. Um, but is like set in ancient Japan, and it it's it almost looks like the the modern uh, River City games have almost the HD two D aesthetic because they dare not move the characters away from that those like NES sprites of River City Ransom, um, and uh, but like they're in three D environments. Uh, there's four player co op. It looks kind of cool. Like I may have uh, you know. Ninja Turtle Shredder's Revenge on the brain, but like a four-player beat-em-up that we could play non-locally, like sounds kind of cool to me, Mark. And then on Friday, July 22nd, Live Alive is released, which I'm very excited about. Uh, This is a game that was previously exclusive only to Japan, but this year they announced a HD 2D remake that is being released worldwide. It's a well-regarded game in Japan that I think was did not sell very well when it was first released but has garnered quite a following um i this one kind of i can't believe it's already here like when it got announced yeah. it felt so far away um yeah and th- i mean this is really just a function of like i can't believe it's uh the end of july uh-huh. already um but yeah i'm super excited about this it got a big pop from me when it was revealed at the uh, nintendo direct in february um just very cool, very exciting. I, I can't wait to play Live Live. And then also on Friday, Capcom Arcade Second Stadium is released. Um, it is unclear to me whether the name of this uh, game is Capcom Arcade Stadium Second. Because the, the, the second, the like number, is positioned strangely on the graphic. So <laughs> it's, it's not clear how it's supposed to be read. Um, but just like the original uh, Capcom Arcade Stadium, it is a collection of... Um, classic Capcom arcade machines or games there, you know, with like virtual uh, cabinets uh, within the game um, that you sort of can buy piecemeal or buy them all at once. So like if you're only interested in a couple of the games in the collection, you can buy those one by one. Um, This one caught my eye because it has a lot of, it's got um, some of the Darkstalkers games in there, a couple street entries in the Street Fighter. It's got the original Street Fighter, some Street Fighter 2s, some Street Fighter Alphas in there as well, which I think is cool. Um, but it also has Mega Man Power Battle in it. Mega Man Power Battle is like the merging of a Mega Man game and a Street Fighter game. Um, so you can control Mega Man, Proto Man, or Base, like these three um, protagonist characters. You can do two players so that you're players are uh, controlling two of them and then you go up against uh just the bosses from the like eight Mega Man games that were out at the time uh, that this uh game was released in arcades um and instead of there being like a whole level in front of them it's just like a one-on-one fight against you know guts man or uh you know i i don't know all the bosses that are in the game because it takes a nice sampling from uh you know like a, a almost a dozen of these games um and it's been part of some Mega Man collections before, but not in a very long time. Uh, and it uh, also was never just, like, released on its own uh, on consoles. So 
this is very exciting and very cool and is something I might pick up because I can pick it up piecemeal. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Yeah. Isn't that how the first game worked? Like Totally, yes. Is there like a base that you have to buy and then the these yes. there are other games that are piecemeal? So there's a base that you have to buy and that comes with one game um, and then you can either like you know, buy everything that comes with it or um, just what whichever games you are interested in. That is cool. Um, and I've, I've not really looked into whether, I, I don't think there's anything really worthwhile in the first collection, but the second collection gets like, you know, starts, I mean, Street Fighter, the original Street Fighter is like 88 or something like that. Um, but other than that, like everything seems to be like in the 90s, which is kind of more um, my speed where it comes to uh, Capcom arcade releases. Um so yeah, I think I'm gonna like investigate this one and really put some time into. Yeah, that Mega Man game it. that sounds like a fun idea for Doesn't it? a fighter. Yeah, I don't know why they haven't done because Mega Man and uh, Zero have been in a ton of fighting games. Um, anytime they do like a Capcom versus one of those characters is in uh, is in the the game. Um, so why 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 not just bring uh, bring about a, a just Mega Man fighting game? It sounds yeah, like fun. That does sound like fun. Um, all right, uh, Mark, those are the new releases. Let's close this segment out. Which brings us to a regular segment on our show. It is time for 433. In 1952, American composer John Cage wrote a piece called 433, where in a performer or a group of performers didn't play their instruments for four minutes and 33 seconds. For the purposes of this show, our instruments are talking about Nintendo. So, for the, for the duration of one performance of 433, Mark and I will talk about something not at all Nintendo-related, thus fulfilling the contract of the piece. Mark, I felt a little bad last week after we had to talk about uh, fighting animals. <laughs> um, I like animals. I don't think it's. I don't think we should be fighting animals. I still hold that that recording is going to be held up as a record of our hubris when you know what like... hubris you thought a rat could kill you. So I've pulled up, and that was from uh, a, a uh, uh, that was based on a, a survey, um, like uh, a YouGov, YouGov survey, yeah, right? right. Um, so I have pulled up a list of the five cutest pets um, on MonkeyBeach.co.uk. <laughs> um, also from the Brits. So yes, this is yeah, right. Uh, important. I, I have a second list of of, of cutest pets um, that I I don't know which one of these I trust, uh, <laughs> but one of them is. Uh, British, and the other is American. Um, so, Mark, can you name... We're, we're, this is going to be a little game here. Okay, we're do yeah. Family uh -huh, Feud style. Mm -hmm. um, you have up to three strikes. Uh, and what percentage do they need to get? There is no, like, threshold, right? I don't think so. Okay. Um, so, the top five cutest pets, according to monkeybeach.co.uk. Mark, go ahead. Okay, so uh, I'm assuming that dogs are... It's all, like, grouped together. We're not talking, like, specific breeds. Is that accurate? That's right. Okay, so I'm going to say dogs. Dogs is number five. Oh, boy, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Okay, all right. Then cat. And the, the percentages aren't actually broken down here in a way that, that help us, like, score this at all. Okay, Um. so I'm going to... Cats. Cat, number one. Oh, wow. Okay, okay. Cutest okay. pet. So... Which I am also, like, spoiler here, It cats are number one on the American list as well. Okay. Okay. Um, is that a surprise to you? You know, it's not because of the internet. Right. Like, uh, right. so I previously to the past like six months would have told you that I am staunchly a dog person. But in the past six months, the algorithms have been serving um, my husband and I cute cat videos. And that's all we send to each other all day long. Right. Back and forth. So right. now we're, um, we uh, enjoy both. 
This is where it gets tricky. Right. Cats and dogs are out of the way. There's three more. Right. You need number two, number three, and number four. And I have to remember that this is not my own personal taste. Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I am going to guess rabbit or bunny. Rabbit comes in at number three. Wow. Over dogs. Over dogs. Yeah, yes. That's um, amazing. Yeah. Because rabbits can't control when they go to the bathroom. They can't control it? I don't think so. Or they I, just I refuse. Think, I think, yeah. That, well, actually, I don't know. That, that's a that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, okay, so. Uh, you've, you've got gaps to fill in here between cat and rabbit and between rabbit and dog. Yeah, this is throwing me. Um, cutest pets. Yep. Guinea pig? No, 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 no. I take that back. Before you can... Before I make that <laughs> face and, like, breathe in sharply, I don't think... Well, maybe you just had a sharp <laughs> face. Okay, fine. Fine, fine, fine. I meant to say hamster. Hamster is on the list. Okay. Number four. Oh, interesting. So, so number you, two. You are still missing the second cutest pet. Oh, brother. I'm really... Can I tell you I vehemently disagree? Okay. Okay. It, uh, number two. Is it a bird? It is not a bird. Okay. Okay. One one more strike, and then I will reveal the answer. Okay. Um. Is it is it a rat? No. You struck out. It's a ferret. Interesting. Monkeybeach.co.uk claims that a ferret is the second cutest pet. They provide a picture as an example, but it's I'm not going to waste your time with it because <laughs> it is not that cute. Um, the the American list number one is cat. We already talked about. Uh huh. Number two is dog, which I think f- uh, appropriately ranked. Yes. Um, number three is rabbit. So like we're swimming in, in in the same waters here. Number four though, we have a departure, and this may be like the American influence versus the. Is it a bald eagle? <laughs> a wild turkey. It's a horse. <laughs> oh, a horse. Yes, of course. Of is course. it a bald eagle? <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, number number five is hamster, uh, which was appeared on the other list. And then this is when we get into like true pet esoterica. Uh, number six, fish. Yeah, no, fish See, aren't cute. But I but I think you do run into a problem though because like yeah, you cat and dog, yeah. obvious. Yeah. But after that, I'm kind of at, like. No. I was well. I guess we'll I guess, never know. I guess we'll never know. Um, all right, we were accompanied today by pianist Kyle Shaw. All right, Mark, let's get into the news. Also, horse. Yeah, horses aren't cute. Moneyed people taking the survey, apparently. I mean, or just like people out west. You know what I'm saying? Oh, sure. Right. We've we've got a frontier to consider here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, technically, we're living in it. Yeah, but we're so far west that we've become civilized <laughs> yeah, again. That's right. That's right. Great point. Excellent point. Last week, I regret my use of the uh, word civilized. No, no, in it's that on context. the record now. We can strike it if you want. No, it stays. All right. Uh, last week, Nintendo and Platinum Games revealed the launch date for Bayonetta three. Um, you know, there was we haven't heard anything uh, for a while. I know that in last the end of last year they yep, showed off September, some footage yep. of it, but. There was some speculation that Bayonetta 3 maybe was not going to make it this year, but it is October 28th. I mean, I guess never say never, but right now it's scheduled for October 28th of this year. Uh, what a storied uh, like lead up to like the the it being revealed uh, in 2017 yeah. at, at E3. Silence for like five years, almost five years, uh, and then sort of like re-revealed uh, with gameplay 
like you say, uh, in, in September, and now actually coming out this October. Uh, what a long road it has been to get to this point. Yeah, I would be really curious to know if it was like a troubled development or, you know, like... Or if they had to, maybe not troubled, but just had to, like, restart at some point. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like, I mean, any game can take a very long time, I guess. Um, but, like... Does it take five years to make a Bayonetta game? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, here's the truth of the situation, yeah. is that I, like, saw the news that this had a release date, but it took me, like, it wasn't until I was bored that I went and watched the trailer, because... I don't really care about this at all. Right, 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 right. Uh, we we sampled the Bayonetta games I don't, five years ago when the third one was originally announced uh, and uh, didn't love them. Um, but uh, there's a new one coming out. Uh, yeah. And with the, the release date also featured a, uh, a uh, trailer that gave a little bit more information about the game. That's right. So the game features a new witch named Viola. You'll be fighting homunculi mm -hmm. which are naturally trying to destroy the world which uh, and of course homunculi the plural of homunculus <laughs> of course I just i mean i just want us all to be well practiced in our latin <laughs> platinum has added a new native angel mode sorry naive angel naive angel sorry naive angel mode that tones down the nudity right so one of the things about bayonetta um, is that uh, it's it's a character that like leans into like hypersexuality, um, and uh, they they've touted the the new mode as something like so you can play it in the living room without <laughs> being embarrassed, <laughs> right? Um, or like on the train or whatever. Um, there was a, a time where I was reading Green Lantern comics in uh, when I worked in Chicago when I lived in Chicago, and I would take the train to and from my office every day. Um, and uh, reading Green Lantern, and it was fine. And then I would get to like an issue where the Red Lanterns are, are featured heavily. And there's this character named Blease, um, who is wearing like a, a skimpy one piece like bathing suit, and it's like a total cheesecake thing. And I was just too embarrassed to read those comics on the train. So if there was something like that, <laughs> like a naive angel that would make it so I could acceptably read this thing on the train, I would have been happy. You know, I thought it, it, even from that first re-revealed that we got September of last year, it seemed like, and of course, you know, that was for an all audiences like sure. show, but it felt, Bandetta felt different to me. And I don't know if that's a weird thing to say. And like in a positive You've way. You've changed Bandetta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I don't really, I don't really know how to describe it. She's found herself. She's, but, um, well, they, they were also, like, leaning into the sort of, like, tease of uh, the sort of, like, kaiju-esque yeah, um, transformations, mm -hmm. um, which wasn't part of the series before. So I, I do think that there is something, you know, we've got this new character, um, and it seems like the scope of the game is definitely bigger um, than it was in, in the first two. But I, I think uh, this, you know, and I saw a lot of, like, kind of snarky stuff about the naive angel, like, oh, if you can't uh, stomach playing, the, like, you know, whatever, like, let, I, I, Totally relate to being embarrassed uh, playing something that's like too cheesecakey, too beefcakey, whatever, um, and just like wanting an option to tone it down if, yeah. if uh, other people are going to be watching me and judging <laughs> me. <laughs> um, but I wonder if that also means that they uh, get to go a little bit more extreme in the uh, uh, in the non naive angel mode, uh, the well traveled angel mode, the uh, grizzled <laughs> angel mode. Sounds like a Kid Icarus uh, game setting. Yeah, the angel who has worked at like a truck stop cafe there for 40 go. years. Yes, that's right. Um, if, if they can go a little bit harder on that and like really, really lean into 
uh, the sort of uh, ribald uh, sexuality of, of Bayonetta. Yeah, this is one that I'm happy to just kind of like observe the reaction to it from a distance. But I will be interested to see what it's like when it comes out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, also, they're releasing something called the Trinity Masquerade Collector's Edition, which includes a 200-page art book and three alternate game covers, one for each title in the series, that form a triptych panoramic image. Yeah, so like when you put them all uh, next to each other side by side, that it's a single image. And like that's uh, the way that Bayonetta like does battle with like demons and angels like feels like a very like renaissance art piece uh you know those like uh those like fold out like wooden cabinet things um like that uh feels like an appropriate way to uh tie these things together they also announced that the original bayonetta is being released physically for switch on september 30th for the first time so previously you know they released bayonetta one and two i think at the beginning of 2018 and but it was just digitally well, no, they the the physical release uh, had Bayonetta two on the card and then oh. a download code for one. I forgot. Yeah, yeah I totally forgot about that. That's how that worked. Yeah. yeah. So now you'll be able. Oh, I see. So that is why they're releasing the first game. Right, because two you could all, all you could always buy both of them uh, digitally separately. You could buy two with one included as a digital download. Uh-huh. And now they're like, well, here's also one. So. <laughs> And is that just so that the the triptych covers make sense? Possibly. (laughs) Also last week, Nintendo, and this one, a little more up my alley, Nintendo (laughs) announced a new Kirby game coming exclusively to the Switch eShop called Kirby's Dream Buffet. It's a multiplayer game where multiple little Kirbys roll around in food-themed environments and compete in, like, Fall Guys-esque challenges. Yeah, so we didn't get too much of a look at, like, what each of these challenges uh, like consist of, but it seems like a lot of them are like reach the end point in like a little 3D platforming sort of environment where you're just like rolling around and like bumping into each other, which is like 100% what Fall Guys is. And it also looked like you are trying to gather, like eat the most food because at the in the trailer, like two things that are interesting to me about this trailer. It's yes. pretty short mm-hmm. and it has an announcement that it's being released in summer 2022. And again, it's almost the end of July. Yeah, already. so it like, feels like we're running out of time. It's it's interesting that there's no release date, no specific release date, but it feels like it could drop at any moment. Um, but yeah, so you're rolling around, and it looks like you're trying to get as much food as possible because they show in the trailer that right they're being weighed. At they're the being end. weighed, and yeah. like the fattest Kirby wins. Yep. Um. So it, at first, it wasn't clear if this was going to be like. Like Fall Guys, a you know however many characters are playing in Fall Guys at one time, like fifty or sixty or something. Um, I th- we think it's just four human players and a bunch of computer controlled uh, Waddle Dees. Still kind of cool, and honestly, like if that means I can play with like four friends uh, either locally or um, remotely, uh, and we're just playing against computer players, like that's fun too. Yeah, it look it looks really cute. Like we said, no firm release date other than summer twenty twenty two, and no pricing information either. Which, again, normally I would just assume you buy it and unlock everything, but... But there's there's this tier of Kirby game on the Switch where, like, uh, I forget the names of any of the Kirby Battle and Kirby Clash and all these things. Um, sometimes they're free to play. Sometimes they're, like, 20 bucks. Um, and then, of course, there's, uh, you know, Star Allies and... Um, the one that just forgotten land um, that are full price games. I don't think it'll be a full price game, but like 
It could be 20 or it could be free and neither would surprise me. For yeah, yes, I completely agree. I completely agree. I'm um but whatever it is, I am interested in checking it out when it releases. Yeah, as am I. I think this would be a fun one to just like jump in and like screw around with for for a while. Last Thursday, Nintendo also announced plans to purchase a company called Dynamo Pictures. It's a Japanese company that makes, quote, visual content. I love this. I love uh, the insistence on the phrase visual content. It's in uh, Nintendo's um, press releases on the subject um, and is like part of what Nintendo wants to move into is visual content. And primarily Dynamo Pictures is a CG animation studio with experience in performance capture, VR, um, they've done work in film, TV, and video games because they've also done cutscenes for games like Metroid Other M. Uh, and they uh, made the Pikmin shorts that oh, uh, Miyamoto right. directed. I forgot yeah. about those. So the plan from Nintendo's press release says that they are going to make, like Patrick said, visual content <laughs> with Nintendo IP. But that leaves open a lot of questions. Yeah. Because... You know, the this Mario animated movie is coming out next year that is made in partnership with Illumination. And the CEO of Illumination Entertainment, Chris Melendandri, is on the Nintendo board now. Right. So it feels either Chris... And has only been for like 18 months at this point. Right. So I it just... I don't... It feels really unlikely to me that Nintendo is purchasing Dynamo Pictures with the intention of using them to create like TV shows and movies because that would directly compete with Illumination Entertainment, which it doesn't make sense that Chris Melendandri would be on the board and making decisions that would compete directly with his company. Also, I think we need to look at the like scope of uh, D- Dynamo Pictures that they're not they are doing work for. TV shows and movies and stuff, they're not releasing their own. You know what That's I mean? True. They're not like a full like production house. Right. And, you know, well, well saying they, they did the cutscenes for Metroid Other M may not instill a lot of confidence because the story in that game was one of many things that were wrong with it. Um, the fact that they have like the expertise in uh, animation and cutscenes and performance capture kind of does speak well to like where Nintendo is investing their uh, development resources for the future and maybe realizing that they are back a couple steps uh, in presentation in, in in that regard, right? That like they couldn't release an Uncharted right now if they wanted to, right? Um, they couldn't do a God of War right now. They couldn't do a Halo right now because they can't, they can't deliver the like cinematic caliber cutscene. Well, and I'm not saying that that's what they want, but getting a studio like this that can do those sort of things can get them one step closer to that. So I don't think we should... The story for Metroid Other M is not the this company's fault, right? They're just giving Great the point. script yes. and they're rendering it. Right. But also, like, uh, yeah, to your point, I think, I think you're right. I think that is probably the point of purchasing Dynamo Pictures is to bolster Nintendo's efforts in an area that they clearly don't feel like they either want to or can spin up internally. Yeah. Um, and uh, just a, a couple months ago, um, Nintendo acquired another smaller studio, like a support studio. Um, not one that... Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. I'm blanking on the name. They, But they're like based in Nintendo's headquarters. They've yes. been working with them forever. Right. And Nintendo just recently absorbed them. Um, but, you know, like clearly is uh, like support staff for them. Right. Um, so they're, they're, they're bulking up. Um, but not in a way, not in like the sort of traditional like game studio acquisition kind of way. 
um, which I don't know feels better to me than like you know if Nintendo just like bought Capcom or something, um, which wouldn't make any sense. Um, but yeah, it it seems like they are positioning themselves for whatever comes next, uh, which is good because I feel like there are tons of question marks around like how you move on from the success that is the Switch uh, when the Switch is starting to get a little bit uh, long in the tooth. Can they do that with uh, more software? You know, like what 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 is it? What what is what are the next ten years of Nintendo look like? And I think uh, this Dynamo Pictures, I think that gives us a little peek into it. So the deal closes. Oh, sorry. Before we get into that last point, do you think the fact that like VR is something that Dynamo Pictures mm. has experiences has experience in is relevant yeah. at all? I don't know. I mean, it's a, it, it, that's a great question. Nintendo's not going to release like a headset, right? Like if they do something with VR, I think it's more likely that they would do something with augmented reality, um, which they already do with Pikmin Bloom, right? And obviously Pokemon Go um, and did with the 3DS. So there are a lot of examples of it. Um, I, th- I think that's where they would go next um, and not into the sort of like isolated, put you in a headset. I also think they're just too far behind on the technology. Um yeah, so I don't know. I, I I wonder if there's there's room for uh, AR development, um, which is still still requires you know a technical know how and stuff like that. So, according to the press release, the deal is expected to close on October third of this year, and at that time, the name of the company will change to Nintendo Pictures Company Limited, or Corporation Limited. Which again, I think maybe. Um, got some people thinking i know when i saw this initially i was like oh like nintendo is going to start making their own tv shows and movies but i think the name is kind of misleading i i just don't see at this point it feels like they are teaming up with illumination and that could always change in the future yeah i mean it's it's also like the driest possible name nintendo pictures (laughs) co limited (laughs) like i don't know it's a it if, if that was something that they were, like, really trying to put out there to, like, sell movies with, like, the new name of the studio, like, leave it Dynamo uh, <laughs> Pictures. Like, that's better. The Pokemon Company International has an open position for an archivist to join the team. They'll be responsible for the establishment and development of an internal Toki- uh, Pokemon Company International archive and museum. Uh so which one of us gets this job? How, how do we decide? <laughs> I I, th- I think we're both too bad at we're Pokemon. We're both like so awful yeah. that um, uh, we would absolutely fail. But maybe if we do that like trench coat stacked on top of each other type I, thing, I we think might be we able bring to. each other down. <laughs> I think we encourage Pokemon ignorance in each other. <laughs> this is not for us, but I uh, love this idea and we'll be interested. I We may never actually like see Anything out of this, you know, might just all be internal. But uh, I think it's a good thing for the Pokemon company to have. Yeah. Uh, The NPD group has released their report on the best-selling video game hardware and software in the United States in June 2022. Switch was the best-selling console in June by units, the PlayStation 5 by revenue. And the same is true for calendar 2022 so far. So up to this point, Switch is, has Switch sold the has most. Sold more. Mm-hmm. And then PS5 has sold more by revenue. Which makes perfect sense. The base model PS5 is $500 uh, versus the base model Switch, which is uh, $300. And then there's Switch Lite, which is 
Are they 200 or 250? I can't remember. I can't remember either. Uh, and the um, discless version of the PS5 is $400. So like, yeah, each each unit is quite a bit more expensive than, than the Switch. Mario Striker Battle League was the third best-selling game of the month by revenue uh, across all platforms, which doesn't include digital sales. And rounding out Nintendo titles in the top 10, again, all by revenue, all excluding digital. Mario Kart 8 still chugging along at wow. number six. Nintendo Switch Sports hanging in there at number seven. Um, Kirby in the Forgotten Land, number eight. And year-to-date, Nintendo has four titles in the top 15 bestsellers by revenue. Again, no digital. Number three, Pokemon Arceus Legends, um, or Pokemon Legends Arceus. There you go. Kirby in the Forgotten Land at number eight. Mario Kart 8 at number nine. And Nintendo Switch Sports at number 11, which uh, is a little bit of a surprise to me. Only because I feel like you don't hear that much about this game anymore. Um, but it also is just quietly just chugging along. It's also uh, cheaper. It's uh, 50 bucks, right? Yeah, that's a good point. This is all by revenue. Um, and uh, also kind of wild to think that like the, this is by revenue, but not digital revenue, right? So like the uh, the booster pass on the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, like that's probably not included in here either. Yeah. Although I wonder how many people are actually paying for that or if people are just getting the um, expansion, uh, Nintendo Switch Online expansion pass. I would guess, uh, personally, that the majority of people who are buying it are buying just the... Just the booster pass? Just the booster pass. Because I don't think I Nintendo has a respectable number of Nintendo Switch Online subscribers, but uh, I'm sure a much smaller subsection of that ex- uh, subscribed to the expansion pack. And I imagine that the booster pass is very appealing to the, like... Tens of millions of people yeah, that's true. who have um, purchased Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. But the thing is, like, you probably still want the Nintendo Switch Online subscription to play Mario Kart 8 online. So, yeah, like, you're that's already true. spending 20 bucks on the subscription and then 20 more for the booster pass. It's just 10 more bucks. You and I talked about uh, I played Pokemon Puzzle League. You played uh, Mega Man The Wily Wars. Those are on the systems that we have access to because of the expansion pass. I just think it's a good deal. <laughs> yeah, I, di- I just think the if you look at the number of subscribers of Nintendo Switch Online. Right. Yeah. But I, I agree. I agree. And finally, Bear and Breakfast has been delayed on Nintendo Switch. The game is still... This is a indie game that we saw re- revealed... Oh, so long ago. Yeah. Who can even remember it this time? I really can't. Maybe 2020? Uh, maybe 2021. But it's a cute-looking indie game where you're a bear who is running a bed and breakfast. Um, the game is still... And he has a, a tuft of fur on his chest that almost looks like breast. <laughs> that's right. it up every time. That's right. That's right. The game is still due out on PC July 28th, but developer Gummy Cat uh, said they need a little bit more time to implement controller support in the game. And when controller support comes, so too will the Switch version. Um, that's interesting that comes so late if they know that that's going to be... that like. Switch is part of its initial release. It obviously won't be now. Um, But uh, I guess, you know, we we can keep waiting. I can keep waiting for Bear and Breakfast. Yeah, there's a lot of games coming up. I'm going to be diving into Live Alive, so. Yes. Oh, my gosh. That this Bear Bear and Breakfast and Live Alive are going to come out at the same time. And then Xenoblade also comes out. uh, Next week. Oh, my gosh. All these things are right on top of us. Yeah. I'm glad Bear and Breakfast can take a breather uh, and figure out how to use a controller. (laughs) Um, All right, Mark, let's close out the news. All right, that is going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. 
Remember, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, you should check out Kansas Cool 69 on Twitch and uh, watch us um, draft uh, NES games. I think it is going to be a fun time. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, you should share it on Facebook or Twitter um, or wherever you uh, share stuff. We appreciate it when, when you do that. Um, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nincart Society. There's also a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Anthony DeLuca made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Eller saying thank you for listening.